You are listening to the In Focus Church podcast with Pastor Brent Gerard. In Focus Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church in Evans, Georgia, with a mission to love God, love people, and reach the world. Be sure to like, subscribe, and leave a rating wherever you are listening, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at InFocus Church. We hope this message encourages you and leaves you feeling challenged to see God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. All right. Well, it is an honor to be with you all today. Um, The Bible talks about the word blessing, and when we think of blessing, we can think of material. Things that we receive, material things. But I believe one of the greatest blessings in the kingdom of God is actually family. It's relationship. I am a better man. I am a better Jesus follower because of InFocus Church and Pastor Brent and Carla. I am a better human being. Our city that I lead and the places where I lead, I am better because of this. So when I speak today, I really feel like I am speaking with family today. And I just want to tell you guys, thank you. When I say it's an honor to speak, it really is, especially when I'm doing it with family. I have the privilege of traveling all across the country in different spaces and communicating. And this is one of my favorite places to be is right here. Uh, Your pastors, Pastor Brent and Carla, have been one of the greatest source of encouragement for myself and my wife, Wendy. Uh, My son, Jalen's actually with your team in Baja, Mexico. And here's the truth about it is that Jalen's going to be better because of InFocus Church. And it's the work of what God's doing. So I want to tell you guys, thank you for all of the work that you all have done and all of your commitment. And for some of you who've been here for a long time, your willingness to fight, your willingness to stand, God sees it and he honors it. And so I am grateful to be here with you. With all that being said, if you have a Bible, turn with me to Exodus chapter 14. Exodus 14, I'll be reading verses 5 through 15. Exodus 14, verses 5 through 15. When the word reached the king of Egypt, the Israelites had fled Pharaoh. His officials changed their mind. What have we done letting all those Israelite slaves get away? They asked. So Pharaoh harnessed his chariots and called up his troops. He took with him 600 of Egypt's best chariots, along with the rest of the chariots of Egypt, each with his commander. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. So he chased after the people of Israel who had left with fists raised in defiance. The Egyptians chased after them with all the forces, with all of Pharaoh's army, all his horses, chariot, his charioteers, and his troops. The Egyptians caught up with the people of Israel as they camped beside the shore near Piharanath, across from the Baal Safan. As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up in panic when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord, and they said to Moses, Why do you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? 
tell the people to get moving. This is the word of the Lord. Father, I thank you so much for today. We say, come Holy Spirit, reveal God the Father, reveal Jesus the Son. God, I believe today there's something very specific that you want to say to the people here. God, I pray that anything that I would say that is not of you, it will be forgotten. But I pray that, God, you would use me as a vessel to communicate what it is that you want to say. We love you, we honor you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. The title of my sermon is this, The Space Between. The Space Between. I found myself in an empty hallway in one of the world's leading hospitals. This is the genesis of this sermon. An empty hallway in one of the world's leading hospitals. I got to go back a couple days from that moment to explain how we got there. I enrolled in a program. One of the things I do outside of pastoring, I run a company. I work with Fortune 500s, 100s, Fortune 50 companies, all on the idea of culture. And so I enrolled in a program that, um, that this hospital was doing. And so as you get older, you start to really think about it. When you're younger, you don't really think about your health, right? When you're getting a little bit older, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah I got to actually think about this. And so I've been thinking about this more. And so I enrolled in this executive program that allows you to come in for two or three days. They poke, they prod, they scan, they draw more blood. I mean, I thought they were drawing blood for vampires to just live. And so they just, this, and so that's what was going on. And, I, and I'm there and and I get a scan, and one of my scans is to get, it's for my heart, <clears throat> to make sure that there's no calcium buildup or whatever. And so they did that, and it came back great, so I was super excited. I was supposed to leave the next day. And, but at the bottom, in these small words, he simply said this. On the scan, we saw a shadow. And we need you to do another scan without, without contrast to confirm it's either thymic hyperplasia or it could potentially be a mass. And so you know how that goes. Whenever you have a headache, whenever you have anything and you start to become WebMD and you start typing in your phone, everybody's, what? Well, I got cancer. Everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like you lose your breath for a quick second. I got cancer. He's like, that's the first place we go. My head hurts. I got brain. I mean, that's where we go. But I was in a moment where they're saying, I have something that could easily be that won't affect me. It's just just something that's enlarged that'll go back down and there's no threat at all. Or it could be something that could change my life. I did not go to this hospital for them to tell me that. I went there for them just to give me the thumbs up right? That you're good, chief. Just keep it moving. But now I found myself, so I had to wait. And for that day and some change, now again, at this hospital, you get results back fast. And what's really scary about getting the results back fast at this place, it comes to your phone. So now I'm really like, I'm on Grey's Anatomy now. I mean, your boy's looking up everything. What does this mean? What is it? My blood level is this. And dude, everything, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. And so I have to wait a day, and so they can't get me in to get an MRI until later that day, or until late the next day, and so I'm there, and I'm in this hallway. 8.30 at night, and it was like a God moment, because I'm in one of the world's best hospitals, and there's no one in this hallway. And in that moment, here's what I realized. 
I was in this space between. I wish I could have paid them any amount of money in that moment that I could have the answer right now. But I was going to have to go sit in this metal tube to do this MRI to potentially them to tell me, hey, your life is about to change forever. And I'm in this space, in this hallway, no one's there with such fear. And I can tell you this as a pastor and, and someone who loves Jesus and I preach the Bible and I talk about faith, that in that moment, fear and everything just arise in anger saying, God, why me? I do everything that you asked me to do. Why me? See, there's a place that even in a hallway, it has a technical term. It's actually called liminal space. Liminal space is any place that's a transition place from one, from one, from one place to another. So a hallway is liminal space. A parking lot is liminal space. A stairwell is liminal space. You're leaving one place and going to another. Now, here's the thing about liminal space. I define it this way. It's a transitional realm that exists between who we once were and who we are in the process of becoming. You can be in physical space, and it's liminal, but you can also be in spiritual space that's liminal, where you're not who you used to be, but you're not who you're becoming. And I can tell you, in this space is where most people accelerate with God or they fall away from God. It's this space that will determine your life. See, this is where we pick up in the story of the Israelites. The Israelites were in liminal space. They had, if you're not familiar with the Bible, is that there was a man that God raised up by the name of Moses. And he tells Moses, I'm going to send you to the world's most powerful army. And when I send you to the world's most powerful army, Moses, here's what's going to happen next. When I send you to this, to this Lord's largest army, you're going to tell them, you're going to tell the leader, Pharaoh, to let my people go. You're going to tell the most powerful army, and just by your voice. Now, again, commentators believe Moses had a stuttering problem. So you're telling a man, God tells a man who stutters that you're going to go and tell the most powerful army in the world, let my people go. Moses is obedient, and he has his own liminal space that we don't have time to get into. But Moses shows up, and God, through so many miracles, frees these people who were his chosen people. And years prior, told these people, you're going to have your own land. You're going to be your own nation, and you're going to be a blessing to the world. And so God shows up, and, and, and through these miracles, and now they're leaving and where we read and pick up in the story is they're leaving and they're on their way. They're in liminal space because they're no longer in slavery, but they're not in their promised land. And all of a sudden, what happens? Pharaoh realizes, oh shoot, we let all of our free workforce go. Oh no, we can't do that. That's not probably how he said it too. Oh no, we can't do that. And so it says that Pharaoh and all of the army, like everybody, the entire block, everybody starts chasing after the Israelites. 
And so the Israelites are on the run, close to almost a million people. They're moving. Now, I don't know. I mean, you're, we have families in here. I don't know if you, and maybe you have a large family or five, six, seven, eight. I don't know. But have you ever been in a large gathering, especially, and you got kids and you got adults and you got older people, you got younger, and you're trying to move them? Like, it's not the easiest thing, right? Now you're saying close to a million people, hey, let's all get organized and go. And now you have this ginormous army chasing you there in liminal space. And people are freaking out and they're blaming Moses. And Moses cries out to God and God, and you would think in this moment, he's loving, he's kind, all the things we hear about him. You would think that God would say, hey, it's going to be okay. Don't worry about it. I'm going to hold your hand. Do you not remember what I just did? Trust me. That's not what God says. God tells Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. Like, that's what you give me? God, we are panicking. There's an army chasing us with a big body of water in front of us. And we have never seen somebody open up a body of water before. And so you're telling me not to panic. And what you tell me, tell the people to get moving. Where are we going? Unless I'm growing gills, all I know is I'm going toward water. So tell me where we're going, but God said, get up and get moving. And here's what I need for you to understand, because some of you, you are in liminal space right now. You are in the space between, and here's the word from God from you, is keep your feet moving. It's the most important thing, because here's why. In liminal space is where God develops faith in you. Faith is not developed at the level it needs to be when you're in a place where you're secure or where you're actually going. It's the space where you have no earthly idea what is next. Faith is the oxygen that if you are here trying, and maybe you're new in your faith or you've been serving God, it is the thing. It is this hope in God. It's this trust in God. It is the oxygen we breathe as followers of Jesus. We cannot survive without faith. So when I'm in that hospital, I felt like all my faith left my body. And in that liminal space, God was developing something. That was because on this side, I felt like the, the prognosis that was Pharaoh's army to me. And I'm like, God, where do we go? What is it for you? Where are you right now? Have you walked back? Are you, are you still moving? Have you gotten bitter, frustrated, and angry? And those are all real emotions in liminal space. Those are all real emotions in the space between. But we have to keep our feet moving. Your feet will move. The question will be, will it move back or will it move forward? I am not here today to tell you what to do. As pastors, sometimes what we can do is our thing to really try to help, but not realizing what anxiety drives us. We will try to give you, here's your five steps to do this. I can't give you five steps because your liminal space is your liminal space. It's your space between. And I can't tell you because everybody's scenario is different. But what I want to try to do is simply tell you principles of this. Keep your feet moving and some things to remind you why you are there. The first thing is this, you have to be reminded that he is kind. 
I think that's my first point. My first point is pull up. I think it's just kind of, I just brain, I have the brain. Pull up. We got to got that next point. Remember, he began the good work. Gosh, I knew I was going to forget something. Here's what you need to know. That he began the good work. We'll get to he's kind. That's, that's the next one, okay? It's going to be good. I promise you. But he began the good work. So, why is this important? It's because with the Israelites, God was the one to invoke in them to go and to leave. They didn't wake up with that idea. They didn't say, you know what, we're about to form, you know what, we're about to form a coup and we're about to overrule Pharaoh. It was something that God went to a man in the middle of a desert through a burning bush and said Let, that I'm going to use you as a deliverer. God was the one that began the good work. What we have to understand is that when we're transitioning from one season to the next season, from where we once were to where we are going, is that when God invokes it, you can trust because he who began a good work will see it's a completion. Let's pull up the Philippians verse. And I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it's finally finished until the day when Christ Jesus returns. Paul's writing about salvation, but we can also apply this principle to when God's actually growing you. That when he's growing us, he began the good work. And so why that matters is that it's not us that started this. So what we can do is trust in the middle of it. In the middle of that transitional time, it is God who's doing it. And here's the thing, sometimes it may not be what got you in that circumstance, may not be what God wanted, but please understand this, is that when you are his, when you serve him, when you love him, when he is for you, when you have been bought by his blood, understand he's always with you. So even if someone said that they committed their life to you and now all of a sudden they started acting sideways and you did everything you could to try to keep your marriage together, but they decide to walk out or the situation where you couldn't be in it anymore. And I know you're saying, well, I didn't, well, God didn't start this, but yes, he did not start this, but he is with you in that process. That he who began a good work. And so in that, what you can trust in is God is walking with you. We have to get this because in liminal space, we will begin to question everything about him. Everything about him. I am sitting, and they take me back from this hallway. As they take me back from this hallway, there's this... The, 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 the nurse comes out, and she's super nice. And they go in there, and then they've upgraded these MRI tubes. They're amazing now, okay? I mean, you're still in a metal casket, but, I mean, it's the best thing possible. I mean, they got headphones and Pandora and stuff like that. And so, um, I, and so I'm sitting in there, and, 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 and so I'm in there, and I'm preparing, and they're doing all this stuff. I did not feel presence of God with me. I didn't feel God. All I could, all was overwhelming to me was just the fear of what am I going to tell my wife and my kids and everyone else? If they say this is cancer, what am I going to do? What am I going to say? 
And what began to challenge me is the fact that in this moment, what was really in me and what God was pressuring inside of me was pulling to the surface that at times I think my ability and my creativity and my hard work and my ingenuity, but in this moment, none of that was going to fix the problem. Some of us, you keep thinking that everything's going to fix the problem. And what God is saying, will you let your hands off the wheel so that I can develop in you greater trust in me? It doesn't mean you shouldn't work hard. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't have ingenuity and innovation, but there are just certain things in your life you will never fix. Because if we could fix everything, we wouldn't need God. And parents in this room, the same God that's with you is the same God with your kids. So your anxiety around everything they're wrestling with in their identity. You spend more time in your anxiety trying to send them articles, send them sermons. Do you not hear what this person said? Instead of going to God and pleading with him to begin, he who began a good work will see it to completion. Here's the next thing. It's kind. We have to remember this idea that he's actually kind. Because the Israelites now say this. Do you, we told you, Moses, my man, we told you what was going to happen. Was there not enough graves in Egypt? Y'all, please, I know we're laughing. But how many times do you do that? How easy is it to forget the goodness of God when you can't feel or your circumstances are not good? They're yelling, did we not? Moses, there were tombs, my man. There were tombs already there. You got us out here in this everlasting hike somewhere, and we're about to die at the hands of these people. And here's what's what's wild. Scriptures say that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Have you ever been in a situation where someone was mad and then getting mad just went to a whole nother level to where now they become irrational? That was that. And it was all of a sudden they had so many people chasing them. They're angry. They're like, we are going to get these people. And you're talking about a people that all they ever knew was slavery. They were not warriors. They didn't know how to fight or to defend themselves. And now a group that knew how to fight and to defend themselves and all their horses and all their tanks and everything in the world was chasing them and they're going and it said God hardened their heart. How in the world could God be kind? Why would he make them more mad? Have you been in that moment where you're like, yo, you feel like you're going through something and you say, it can't get no worse than this. Don't say that (laughs) because it's going to get worse than this. If you don't believe me, we all live through it. 2020, we all lived through it. I played with Kobe Bryant. When, when Kobe died, it rocked me. And I will never forget saying this. It can't get any worse this year. Next thing you know, This thing of COVID-19, the world changed forever. George Floyd, political unrest, all of it. 
it would seem that God is not kind. But what you need to know is that God never plays checkers. He always plays chess. Because here's why. What God knew is this hardening Pharaoh's heart knew that Pharaoh would become irrational. When you know how somebody's so mad, they ain't thinking about nothing. Just the thing. It, they, could pass, they could pass, I'm going to hurt somebody with my hands. And they could pass all the weapons in the world. And they ain't even touching them weapons. Why? Because they're focused on the thing. God knew that Pharaoh was going to chase them. God knew he was going to allow Moses to park the sea. And God knew that through their ira- them being so irrational, they were going to chase and chase in the middle of this water. And he was going to kill them there. The things you think at times that God may not be kind may be one of the gracious things he could ever do. I am not saying that God caused these diseases and things like that. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that when you feel and you don't feel the goodness of God, maybe sometimes we need to remind ourselves how kind he is. Isaiah says it this way. I hold you by your right hand, I the Lord your God, and I say to you, don't be afraid. I am here to help you. When was the last time that you actually felt like God was right there with you to help you? Because at times I don't feel that way. I don't feel like he's holding my hand. I feel like I'm in this space between where his hand's not there. I feel like, God, where have you gone? And this is a hard thing for me. I'm a coach's kid. I played college athletics and pro basketball. And in all of that stuff, I was always used to what? It's not, it's always about what, like that you have to be better. What's your next thing? And it didn't seem when I was playing that anything was ever really kind. And to say God is actually kind to me is a wild experience. But I need you to hear this, that God is so kind and he is so for you. And he's not the God in heaven waving his finger every mistake you make. And there is discipline for our sin and mistakes that we made. But please understand this. Everything that God does, he does it from his goodness. Some of you need to hear that today because you don't feel that God is kind to you. But I learned a long time ago, you never form your theology of God ever in a storm. Because before you go in the liminal space, please understand this, in liminal space, you're going to question that. So the theology many times you take, you have to hold to it. Because circumstances can so easily try to define it. And the last thing we have to do is remember this, that he, remember, he is with you. That he is with you. This is so important to remember that he is with you. So the Israelites, what happened with them, they are freaking out and they're panicking and they're running around. God, we are going to die. Moses, we're going to die. And see, Moses had something a little bit different because going back to the beginning of Moses' story, Moses had his own time where he was freaking out with God. Moses had his own transitional realm because here's what you need to understand. God always takes a leader through the stuff that he's about to lead the people through. He takes the leader through it first. Because why? He has to prepare them because if he doesn't know where they're going, if he hasn't been through it, how can he lead a people to somewhere he himself has never gone? Some of you are barking things to your children that you yourself have never done. You claim a faith in an unfailing God, but whenever things get tough, you go back to your own self-reliance. But you're telling your kids to trust God. Your children will see by your actions your faith in God. 
And it's not perfection. They need to see in moments where you humble yourself. They need to see in moments where I don't have it together. But here's the thing. Do they see faith? Does your neighbor see faith? Does that classmate see faith in you that you say that I have all this faith? But then we get stuck in Moses knew this, that God was with him. See, Because you see, Moses, Moses isn't panicking in this moment. Moses starts to cry out to God. And he starts to ask, like, and, and God looks at him and says, Moses, chief, you know what's about to happen. You remember what I did, Moses. You remember how you were scared to go? And you remember how I added Aaron with you? And then you still were scared to go? And you remember how I showed up in a burning bush? You would think that would be enough, a bush on fire talking to you. You'd be like, okay, yeah, I think God may be doing something. Do you not remember all those things? Moses, I am with you. And see, this was so important because later, as these people go into the promised land, the man who would lead him in the promised land was a man by Joshua, who was Moses' assistant. And God tells him in Joshua 1, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. What God was building and what he is building and why we need to know that he is with us, it's because it's about you and it's not about you. God wants you to know that he is with you because others need to know that God is with you so that they can know that God is with them. There's something about, listen, your pastor is a hero of mine. I have watched a man suffer for what he believed. I watched a man suffer for what he believed. I watched your pastor take attack upon attack. And I sat with him and we walked through it and we encouraged you. And here's what I know, on the other side of this transitional space, that he's been in it, and Carla's been in this church has been in. I need you to hear this in Focus Church. You are no longer in liminal space. You are entering into your promised land. But I watched this man suffer through it. And I can tell you as someone who's been his friend for years, he is a better man because of it. And as his friend, I would just sit in the mud with him sometimes. God is with you. If it goes down, you come work, you come work, you come take my church over, Brent, please. Trust me, please, come take it. Listen, the process develops great men and women of God. Not the destination. It's the process. And some of you, you're in the process and you want God to give you the answer and he's not going to give it to you. He's going to tell you, keep your feet moving. Remember, I'm with you and I'm kind to you. Going back to my story, as I come to a close, is this. So I'm in this MRI tube. And I'm laying there. And I'm already, listen. headphones on me. What music do you want to listen to? 
By the way, I'm not going to tell you I was super scared. I wasn't. I was like, Jay-Z, please. Oh my God, Pastor, yes, 100%. But then like three songs into it, I was like, hey, can you guys, you know, in the break, like, can you guys change it? And, yeah, and I was like, like, and it was like Pandora, like Maverick City. They started playing it, but in that moment, it wasn't about the music, it was about the moment. I'm freaked out. And God brought me to my life first. I mean, I would, I mean, I could, there was nothing coming to me, but out of nowhere, this comes to me. Matthew 6. Pull it up real quick. Matthew 6. We got it. Here we go. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. In that moment, God came back to me where he started me at. This verse came to me when I was a year into being a Christian. Seek first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and everything will be added unto you. In that moment, what God was saying is this. I am building in you the ability to start learning to be present. I'm a futurist. I'm a, I have severe ADHD. Nothing in my biochemistry is about being in the moment. Nothing. It's always about the future. Pastor Brent will tell you, I am always thinking about the future. All the time. And what God has been doing inside of me through this transitional time is this. I am teaching you to be present. Because in the present moment, that's where I'm going to begin to restore wonder to you. And so in that moment when I had no faith, I was in this MRI tube and the peace of God showed up that I am just right here now. I do not know what these results are going to be, but I am right here. A day later, I'm driving home. And these are the moments where you're like, I got it, I'm so good. No, I had the peace of God in the MRI tube, driving home, freaked out again. And all of a sudden, my doctor calls me. Hey, Adrian, I'll let you know. It's not cancer. Find me hyperplasia. This is what we'll do. You're good to go. I'm driving down I-10 in Florida. And if you were in my car at that point in time, if I could have got out of my car, your boy would have got real charismatic. They had a full praise break and running around outside on that airport because it's exciting of the news. But here's what I've learned, that even from then, it wasn't about that. It was about what God was revealing inside of me. It's not, and I can't promise you on the other side of whatever you're going through, that it's going to be a report like I had to report. But it's not about the report. It's about the process because the process develops you to be who God's called you to be. And some of you right now, you're running from the process. You're stopping the process. You've ran back to sin. You've ran back to that relationship. You've ran back to that addiction. You've run back because you got freaked out in the moment. And what God is saying is, get your feet moving to me. I am with you. And why we can believe this, church, why we can believe this, it's because Jesus on the cross, what happens? God turns his back on him. It's the darkest hour. And he says, Father, why have you forsaken me? And there was no voice in heaven crying out at that moment. 
like it was at his baptism, saying, this is my son with him, I am well pleased. In that moment, no voice came from heaven. It was the liminal space, the space between from Jesus, from what he was to who he was going to be, who he always was and who he's going to be to us. Not just this man who lived and walked and lived this sinless life, but to be a resurrected king. But Jesus had to hang and die and suffer on our behalf and he did not quit. He did not tap out. So when you're in liminal space, what we remind ourselves of is this. We remind ourselves of the cross of Christ that our Jesus was stretched out. His flesh was ripped from his body, a crown of thorns. He was mocked, he was scorned, but he did not tap out. He kept his feet moving by hanging on the cross and not dying. And that's what separates him. He's not a God that tells you to do something that he himself has never done. So when God walks you in your liminal space, he's saying, I'm with you because I've already been there. And so church, how are you doing in the space between what I want to do in this moment is give you an opportunity to respond to him. And I don't know where you're at. Maybe you've quit. Maybe you've tapped out. Maybe you're scared. God's not afraid of that. But you're saying, God, no, no, no. I want to get my feet moving. And by you responding right now, it's just of getting your feet. You bow your heads for a second. If that's you, I just want you to stand to your feet right now if you want me to pray for you and pray with you. Jesus. In the sign of receiving, if you're willing and if you're able, I want you to lift your hands in the sign to receive from God right now. Father, I thank you for everyone that's here. God, my prayer for them and over them right now is God, they would keep their feet moving. Holy Spirit, I'm asking for your empowerment right now. The ability, God, to keep moving. Right now in this space, if you need to repent, that you repent. You tell God that you're sorry. Because maybe you've gotten to some sin patterns, some issues that you went to cope because of the fear, the anxiety, the anger. Father, I thank you that you remember our sins no more. You're going as far as the east is from the west. But God, I pray over these people that they would understand the kindness of God, the goodness of God, the love of God. Eat them, even today, God. Let them, let them know, let them see a sign that you're with them. Love you and we honor you and we thank you. It is in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to the In Focus Church podcast with Pastor Brent Gerard. In Focus Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church in Evans, Georgia, with a mission to love God, love people, and reach the world. Be sure to like, subscribe, and leave a rating wherever you are listening, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at In Focus Church.